Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today for this Vision Sunday. Um, I'm excited about um, where we're going as the future of the church here at Shiloh. It's um, an exciting uh, day to be part of the church here. Um, We don't only want to hear where God is leading us over this next um, year, but also I think that we need to be challenged today to think about what is our individual part that we need to play um, in the kingdom of God here um, at Shiloh. So the Bible tells us in Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. And in Habakkuk 2, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. I love that verse. Make it plain, make it clear, so that when we read it, we can run with it, we can be together with it, we know it, we understand it, um, and it's in our hearts. Vision is really important we all know that vision's important. It leads us and it guides us in the right direction. And it's important to know where we're all headed. Okay, it's important to know where we're headed to, where we're going. And our vision um, has been formed by us listening to God. If you're thinking, how do you get vision? Well, we've been listening to God. We've been praying about where we're going. We chat about it, okay? We have some great team times where we chat and things go off on a piece and a tangent. And we think, oh, actually, that's really exciting. Something that started somewhere has led over here. So we chat about it. And we have a look at what God is already doing, Because we look over the last year and we can see very clearly some specific places where God is at work and we can see him at work and we can see his kingdom being built. And we think actually those are things that we want to build on and uh, to use as a foundation as we go into this year. As many of you remember, this time last year, I was setting up this morning the breakfast thinking this time last year, we were running around on the field setting up a barbecue for Vision Sunday. Do you remember we had our Vision Sunday and we went outside and we all had a barbecue? And it was the first sort of big vision that we set for the church and for the community um, here at Shiloh. And we set out a big vision and the values that would kind of underpin the vision and um, looking at how we were going to serve the community. Well, to be honest, the vision hasn't changed. Okay, so if you think back to that, to that Sunday, we haven't changed where we're going. So if you want a booklet, we had a booklet on that day, and I've put a stack of them out in the foyer, so you can go and collect um, one of those booklets. It stays very much the same. Our statement stays the same, to love God, love others, and serve many. That is our vision statement here at Shiloh. That's what we're about. That's what we want to see happen. However, the steps towards that vision look different for this year. So it all looks different every year as we move closer. And our commitment to God as we move forward here at Shiloh, I hope, will be challenged. Our commitment and will be stretched as we, as we move into new areas. So I think that's what we're about today is looking at where we're going and what is our personal commitment to the vision here at Shiloh. And I believe more than anything that as we keep our eyes fixed on God and we move in our calling individually, we'll become excited about the things of God. It is an exciting place to be hearing God and to be moving where God wants us to be. Do you know what? There's a little story. I'm just going to tell you a little story just very quickly that even happened this morning to get us excited about the things of God. So people are coming in and parking their cars this morning, okay? And I'm like, 
where are these cars coming from? And it turns out that they left their sign at the KG5 last night because they had the night of the proms. And so we always say, if you've got something on, you can overflow here. So they put up a sign saying overflow parking at Shiloh last night. Well, they left it up this morning and it's the um, run. It was a 10K run. So we had lots of people coming here parking and they were saying, oh, it says you can park overflow at Shiloh. And I was thinking, we're going to have so many cars here this morning. They can't do it. So Phil came in and he said, I'll run down the road and I'll go and ask him to move the sign. So off he goes. He stops and chats to some stewards. And the stewards say to him, are you from Shiloh? I'm just praising. And they said, we heard Adam on guidelines on Radio Guernsey. It was great. We'd love to kind of come and see what you're about, be part of what you're doing. We've got three teenage children just moved over, come here. We want to settle somewhere in a church. Eventually, they came up the road while we were having breakfast And they had a chat and they met Adam and really excited about what's going on. Now, that's just listening in a funny way to what God is doing. You know, it's following where God is leading us. It's exciting. That's what we want, isn't it? Those God encounters that just happen. Do they just happen? Not really. But God places us in those moments. And we want to become excited and passionate about seeing the church grow about seeing the church grow, that we won't be able to remain comfortable anymore because we're expectant for a move of God like never before. We don't want to be comfortable anymore. We want to be expectant for a move of God like we have never seen before. And this morning, I'm not going to look back at all the incredible things that have happened this year. There are so many that we could name that have shaped and changed our church community throughout this year. I don't want to look back... I want to briefly look over our values that shape our vision. So I'm going to go through our values again um, that shape our vision. Then I want to give you some practical things, some actual dates in the diary, okay? The things to look forward to in this term, things that we can look forward to and get involved with. And then I want to bring us a personal challenge about our commitment to our involvement here at Shiloh. So first of all, The first value that we have here at Shiloh is to serve, okay? And this is all in our booklet from last year, responding to God's heartbeat in the community. And I consider it such a privilege to serve a church that has a heart for their community. We have such a heart for our community. Last year, we set ourselves the challenge of seeing the church buzzing throughout the week, not just on a Sunday. And do you know what? It's happening it is happening. Cafe is open now three days a week, three mornings a week. There's people here all the time buzzing through the church throughout the week. In fact, Adam, if I'm right, someone phoned up the other day, wanted to put a date in the diary, didn't they? And you couldn't offer them anything before the end of November. Yeah, in two months, there's only five dates free that you could use the building. So it's happening. We're seeing things happen. It's not just about people coming through, but it's about becoming the hub of the community. So it's exciting. We want to serve the vulnerable, the hurting, the brokenhearted. They're at the heart of our vision here at Shiloh. That's what we want to do. And community service deepens our relationship, not only um, with God, but with one another. And there's something mysterious in it. I don't know what it is, but it's something mysterious. And as we serve, we are blessed. As we give out, as we sacrifice, we receive a blessing. There's something mysterious on that. And now's the time to start building on the foundations that have been made this year. 
And I believe that, really, really strongly believe that God wants Shiloh to become the hub of the community, the central place in this area around us, that we become the hub of the community. The community is not just something that we do, but the community is who we are. It's who we are. We live and breathe community. We want to listen to God's heartbeat and go where he leads. You know, and we've had opportunities for that, which have been amazing. Things like the Mind Cafe, you know, that just fell into our laps, really. They asked us, could we come and use your building? Yes, you can. And then look at the growth that's come from that. It's been incredible. We want to just hear God's heartbeat and go where he leads. And we can all say that sentence so easily, can't we? Yes, I want to follow Jesus wherever he leads me. We can say that. It rolls off our tongue so easily. But, you know, now I believe is the time for radical commitment and radical choices for us to make. That sentence should actually be a real challenge to us. What if he asks us to do something that means that we have to make a sacrifice? What if he asks us to do something that makes us uncomfortable? Who knows where God is going to take us or ask us to go? But are we willing to say, Jesus, wherever you lead me, I will go? Wherever you lead us as a church, we will go. Because actually, it's easy to sing it, it's easy to say it, but actually, if you were sat here today and had a challenge by God that said, I want you to go, poof, I don't know where, but somewhere, would we do it? Would we do it? How are we feeling about that? We're together in this, every single one of us. And we believe that the church isn't just an event that happens once a week. It's not just what happens here on a Sunday. And in fact, this is a very small part of it a very small part of what the church is. We believe that we're a whole mixed bunch of people. We're all so different. We're all so diverse. But we've all been transformed by the love of Jesus. And very simply, we want to share that love that we've discovered with the world around us. That's it. To serve is to share the love of Jesus with those around us. Secondly, we want to grow. We want to grow, equipping and growing together through teaching, discussion and worship. And this year, we've provided opportunities for people to grow in faith, not just on a Sunday, but throughout the week too, believing that fact that church doesn't just happen for two hours on a Sunday morning. We need more than just the two hours on a Sunday morning. We need um, to be 24-7. And we've invested in our youth work We've invested in it this year, and we've seen growth. It's no surprise that we've seen growth in our youth work, both in the depth of their relationship with God and numerically too. We've seen great things happen in our youth work because our young people are finding that Shiloh is a safe place. It's a safe place where they can be open and honest and authentic and be real. They can be real about their struggles. They can be real about their problems. They can be real about their life issues. This is a safe place for them to be able to share. We're now concentrating on our children's work. You know, that's why we've taken on a children's worker 10 hours a week, because we've recognised that it's been a struggle. The last year's been a real struggle in our children's work, and we haven't been honouring our children the way we should. We recognise that. We need to see our children grow in faith and in relationship with one another. So we've taken on Lucy because we want to invest in our children. We want to provide a place after school where they can come and they can have that safe place too. 
We're excited about our children's work. And I also get the sense that we're going to grow in faith, but this is a season that we're going to grow numerically too. Okay? Now, we're often afraid of saying that, aren't we? Because we say, oh, it's not about numbers. It's, it's you know, about how, you know, we meet with God. It's not about the numbers. But the truth is that we've been given the great commission to go and make disciples. That's what we've been called to do, to make disciples. So we need to be making disciples and growing. And that commitment starts from each one of us. It starts from each of us. And maybe we need to put aside some of our own home comforts to start seeing God really move. How quickly will we be willing to give up our seat when new people come through the doors? When we say, we haven't got any more seats Okay, and I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to sit on the corner of the stage or I'm going to have to sit up the stairs, I'm going to have to sit in the, in the aisle or stand around. How quickly are we going to be willing to give up our seat for people coming in? How quickly were we willing to say, oh yeah, okay, you've got like 20 babies in the crash this week and you've only prepared for four. I'll go and help you in the crash. I'll give up my time. I'll go and help you in the crash. You know, when revival comes, when God starts to move, It's going to be messy and it's going to be chaotic, but it's going to keep us on the edge of our seats and it's going to be exciting. It's going to be really, really exciting. And we need a revival in our day. We need it. We haven't seen a revival for such a long time and we need it. A revival is an awakening, an awakening to God. That's what we need. Maybe we need an awakening, an awakening to the things of God. And although we can't bring about revival in our own strength, there's things that we can do to prepare the way for revival to come. And I just want to challenge you on five things under this kind of topic of revival. Five things that I would like us to commit to, to doing. Firstly, come to church expectant. Okay, come to church expectant. Let's not turn up late for church. Let's understand we're meeting with Jesus. We're coming to meet with Jesus because we want an encounter with Jesus. Let's come expectant. And I totally believe that we need speakers who are speaking in the power of the Spirit, but we need listeners who are listening in the power of the Spirit too, who have open hearts. God, what are you saying to me? What does this challenge mean for me? What are you saying to me personally, God? You know, what do I need to do about this? I feel the challenge. My heart is pumping. What am I going to do? What's it going to take? We need to come and listen expectantly. We need to worship Jesus with all of our hearts. That's number two. We need to worship Jesus with all of our hearts. There was a quote that I read the other week, which is fantastic, by Francis Chan. If you know Francis Chan, he's brilliant. And he said this. Someone was leaving the church and they said to him, I didn't feel the worship today. And he said to them, that's good because we weren't worshipping you. And isn't that so true? Isn't that so true? It's about who we are worshipping, okay? We are worshipping Jesus. And, you know, we can just, sometimes I think, oh, it's loud and it's youthy. Do you know what I mean? I'm old, you know, I get that. But, you know, we need to block out and just think, actually, Jesus, I'm here for you. I'm here for you, Jesus. And actually, I want to worship you. Thirdly, we need to pray that God would give us a hunger for his word, Okay, this is really important that we are hungry for God's word. Now, I know, I'm really honest always about this. It's hard to read the Bible. Okay, I get it. 
It's difficult, but we have to find ways in which we can just absorb God's word. You know, whether it's in our car, listening to God's word as we drive around, whether it's getting a simpler version of the Bible. I love to read the message because for me it comes alive. You know, whatever it is, we need to absorb God's word because it's God's word that changes us and challenges us. Fourthly, we need to be inviting people to come to know Jesus. You know, whether it's inviting them simply to something that we have at church, to inviting them to actually say, I think you need Jesus in your life. You know, we don't want to just become a community center. We, will make, we are doing our community work out the love of God in our hearts for people so that they might come and know the transforming power of Jesus. That's why we do it. And I just want to challenge you. When was the last time you invited someone to something? Oh, you know, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge to us. That's been inviting people. Often people are just waiting for that invitation just to say, you know, why don't you come with me? I'd love you to come with me. They're just waiting for it. Let's be an inviting people. It takes courage. I'm aware, I know that. It takes boldness and courage. But we're altering someone's destiny. <laughs> we're changing the course of their life, you know? And we want that for people. So let's do that. And fifthly, we need to believe that we're here for a purpose. And I'll speak more on that in a moment. So we're here for a purpose. You know, we sing that beautiful new song, This Is A Move. And we sing it every time we sing it. We sing, we are here for you. Come and do what you do. And as I sing it, I always think, do I really want to do, know what God wants to do? Am I really willing to let God do what he wants to do? If that means that I'm thrown on the floor in tears and brokenhearted, do I really want God to do what he wants to do? Do I really want the church to grow? Because it means that I might have to, you know, not get here. I might have to get here early on a Sunday morning. Do I really want to see God move? You know, it's a challenge to each one of us. But the truth is that when we let go, when we abandon, when we drop all those barriers, all the things that kind of stand in the way of us and God, that's when we're going to see a move. That's when we're going to see a move of God. When we say, I am here for you. Come and do what you do. God. It's not about me. It's about God, what you want to do. Thirdly, belong. We're working together in love and and unity. And as I've said, we have an amazing opportunity to offer people a safe place, a community of safety where they belong. And you know, in this day where there's so much need for people to belong, there aren't many safe places this, it can be a safe place for people, which is so exciting. And we want to continue to um, build a culture of hospitality. Hospitality works. You know, it's great when we have breakfast together, when we have dinner together, when we have food together. Those things are great, but it's the responsibility of each one of us. You know, when we get chaotic and it's revival happening here, and we've got people coming in. If one of us come to you and I say, I don't know, I'm going to look at some, Rachel and Phil, you know, I've got this person here. Can you take them for Sunday lunch today? Because, you know, we want to make them feel part of our family. What's the first thing that springs to our mind? I've only cooked six roast potatoes and there's not enough for the whole family. And uh, how am I going to feed everybody? Generally, people don't care. They want to just come in and live and be with you. They don't look at the mess and what's for dinner. It's about belonging. We need to be prepared to be a people that say, yeah, come with me. Come with me. 
I'd love that. Come, come, and uh, it's our hospitality. Serving your community is a great way to belong. And I want to encourage people to get serving. Do you know what? For too long, we have disqualified people from serving. We've put in things that have disqualified people, um, which is just wrong. <laughs> it's just wrong. We can't keep disqualifying people from serving because of our differences. We want to serve together in unity and celebrate and learn from our diversity. We're different, and that's a good thing. I'm glad that not everyone's like me. There's people to challenge me. We're diverse. It's a good thing. And this year, we want to provide opportunity for people to serve, to serve. And again, um, I'll come on to that in a moment with some practical detail about you. when I'm chatting about practical detail, sit there and think, I could do that. That's me. That's my heart. That's where I could get involved. Fourthly and finally express, releasing a contemporary expression of faith. And our vision here at Shiloh is to see a, a contemporary expression of faith um, being released in our community. You know, the message of Jesus and the Bible stays exactly the same. That doesn't change. Those are the truths that we do not change. They stay the same. But the communication and the way we express the gospel has to change and be culturally relevant. Cultural relevance today means being non-judgmental, authentic relationships being built. Do you know what? Our young people bring a passion and an energy that we need in our church. I love spending time with them because they're just fun to be around. They make me laugh. They make me giggle. They are the best at this, can I just say. They are the most non-judgmental generation. They just see people. And I love that. And that is a challenge to us all. That is a challenge to us all. They are fantastic. And we want to see that. Um, in our community. They bring a passion and an energy. And I'm so grateful for our young people here at Shiloh. We need to move, uh, remove the things um, of religion that we've simply put in place that have nothing to do with a relationship with Jesus at all. Okay, we've put so many religious boundaries on things that have nothing to do with our heart and passion for Jesus, whether it's prayer meetings that are always done in circles, or whether it's five songs, a message and four songs, doesn't matter. Those things don't matter to Jesus. You know, we just need to um, understand that it's our relationship and our hearts that matter. Okay, we need to remove some of the things that we've put there simply because they're there, whether we're sitting in rows you know, we, we, we just fall into these things all the time that actually don't really matter. Isaiah 43, if we remind ourselves of that, it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. There's a new thing that's springing up. And we need to understand that new thing. You know, the generation below don't think the way we do. We think we have it all together, but we have so much to learn. I look at these, these guys, they're the generation below, not Pete, sorry, Pete, and Adam and Heather and Ellie. I'm so grateful to have Ellie on Elders, you know, because they have a different way of thinking to what we think. We were set in rotors and plans and doing things a certain way. They're not. That doesn't, that doesn't do it for them. Okay. And I love, I love learning from them. Because if we, but if I keep doing things the way I do them, they're going to go, that's not relevant to me. That doesn't hit me. And we're never going to survive. We're never going to survive. We have to understand that we're in a different day. 
people do things differently. You know, the amount of times I hear, you know, like we used to run a house group and have our children at home and we can, it's different day. It's a different time. People work different hours. Both parents are generally working. We have to look at different patterns, how we do church, how people can connect. It's a different time. So those are the things that underpin us. Those are our values, okay, that we want to underpin our vision and our church community here at Shiloh. And hopefully you can see that those values, it reminds me of the church in Acts. You know, if I read this to you, it says they followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added daily those who were being saved. What was the key? What was the key? Worship, eating, joy, celebration, growth. Let's sign up to those things, shall we? Worship, eating, yes please, Um, celebration, joy and growth. Joy. Where's our joy? Where's our joy? If we're not joyful, we won't see growth. I don't want to go into a place that's miserable. Sorry, if I go into a restaurant and everyone's faces are on their dinner plate, that's not where we want to be. I want to be in a place that's joy and full of life and alive. That's where we want to be. And I really believe that we had a glimpse of it this summer. I think that when we had our Upfest weekend, we ate together. We worshipped. We learnt from God's word. We celebrated. There was joy you know, I, I will not get the picture of Roz and um, Jan dancing on the dance floor at my head. You know, fantastic. You know, Jan dancing with Joe. <laughs> Look at Joe. <laughs> you know, crossing the generations. It's fantastic, isn't it? A little glimpse of what could be. And with these things in mind, I'm going to give you some practical things that we can get involved with. Okay, you might say, what's the plan? I know you're sitting there and I know you're thinking, Chrissy, I want to be involved. Sign me up now. So this is what you can do. Okay, so this is the moment. Um, There's a little thing in the foyer. It looks like the old one, similar well, same, but it's different. Okay, so um, so it's just reads different, and on the back it has some dates. Okay, so that will help you through. So um, on the 9th of October, this is just practical for a moment, and then I'm going to give you some things to think about. 9th of October, the young people have got persecuted. Persecuted is a fantastic weekend. It's when they have a weekend, well, a day, all day Saturday, learning about the persecuted church. It is fantastic, okay? So they come and they're only allowed, I don't know what, a spoonful of rice? spoonful of rice all day and they have these guards that walk around and tell them what they've got to do and it's great the youth leaders love it because it's their little bit of moment of getting back at the young people all year um, but it's just a really good day so pray for that or get involved or speak to Adam 31st um, of October we're going to have our light party um, you know Halloween is such a difficult time for our children um, because it just seems to have grown in the island so we're going to have party of light which Lucy will be organizing this year which is fantastic on the 6th and 7th of November we're going to have a church weekend 
Okay, now we need, feel, really believe that we want to build on the momentum of the festival over the summer. So we're going to have a weekend. Um, I will tell you more details about that, but it gives us the opportunity for teaching, worship, for eating, for dancing, for joy together for a weekend. Okay, and we can invite people to that. So there'll be more details about that coming up. But if you want to be involved in the planning and the sorting of that, please come and see us. We would love you to be involved. Okay, then December, we have more Christmas parties than you can even think about, okay? So we'll be telling you about those when we've booked them up, but there'll be dinners and meals and things to go to, and we'll be able to enjoy Christmas together. Um, Christmas is a time of celebration, but I'm also really aware that Christmas can be a really difficult time for people. And there's some people that we've been working with this year who've lost people, lost loved ones, who haven't seen people during this season um, of isolation and COVID. People who just have way heavy on their heart, the situation around the world today. Um, so also in the course of December, we're going to be holding a service for those who have lost loved ones or just want to remember somebody. So it'll be done in a contemporary way. I'm thinking that moment lots of candles in the car park um, just where people can come and light a candle and just remember someone that they've lost over the year I think that would be a good pause during December just to stop and have a moment on the 19th of December we have our carol service um, and then 25th of December is Christmas day obviously okay so those are a few things leading up until Christmas. But one of the things that we've been thinking about and building on is that now we have these different cafes that buzz throughout the week. Okay, we have different things going on throughout the week. We have youth activities, we have seniors work, we have Bible studies, we have counselling going on all week. And we felt that this year we focused a lot of time on this site. Okay, but it's time to go out. Okay, we're going out We're going into the big wide world, out the doors and into the world, okay? And uh, I think that this is just a seed of an idea. So I'm sharing this with you all as the seed has just been planted, okay? So we're in this together, okay? So imagine us as one big team this morning. We're working on this together as I present this to you. We've done cafes in town before. If you remember, we've done R&R Cafe in the old Blockbuster building. We did one in the high street. Costa is empty, by the way, at the moment, so we might have to have a think about that if not. Um, But We really, as we were talking about it, this is how ideas come about. We were talking about a a cafe in town and doing something. And then we said, actually, I think we need to go mobile. Okay, let's go mobile and take the cafe to where people are. Okay, so we believe that this Christmas we are being called to set up a mobile cafe. Okay, and uh, we need to go to where people are. So that means finding a bus, okay, or something similar okay, that we can make a cafe in the back of, all right? And we're going to go and drive it down and have it at late night shopping in town, have it on the bridge, have it on the Jenny Estate, have it on the Pombine Estate, have it in the high schools over lunch times. Who knows? It may not stop at Christmas. It may be something that continues throughout the year. We're going to be a movable mobile cafe. And this is something that we can all get behind, every single one of us. I know that one of you have got a bus sitting in your garden that you're just waiting to give to us, okay? I just know it's there somewhere, okay? If you have a bus or a van, if you have a driving license to drive a bus or a van, 
Hey Vince, this is your moment. Um, uh, if you have, if you can make tea, if you can make coffee, if you can make cake, um, if you can chat, if you can pray, if you can breathe, that this is for you. Okay, this is your moment to get involved. Okay, this is when we go out and we take Jesus into our community. Okay, when we share the love of Jesus, we need to be people who are so in love with Jesus. That's why we do this. Otherwise, I would sit by my fire each evening and sing carols to myself and put chocolate decorations on my tree and cook like Nigella. But it won't be like that. I'll be wrapping presents at four in the morning on Christmas Eve because that's how it goes, because we love Jesus and we want to tell people about Jesus. So this is for all of us. Okay, we want to be a radical people, pe- group of people so in love with Jesus that we can't keep it to ourselves. Let's not put limits on it. Okay. We've had lots of discussions about this. And, you know, many of us will be sitting there thinking, oh, never get a bus. You never get a bus. We need a drive. You know, we haven't got enough people to drive it. You know, how we get the seats out? Well, let's just leave that to God who's awesome, eh? Let's just leave it to a God who sees things bigger than we do. This is a little seed of an idea, and we'll go for it, okay? Colin's in the traffic committee. He'll close the roads for us. He'll make the way. He'll give us a license. Hey, come. Um, so, so we can, we can do this, okay? It's exciting, okay? We can do this. Let's not put limits on what God can do. This might be a thing that just happens throughout the year. I pray that we need a detached team. That's what I'm praying for, community detached team. Love your neighborhood team. You can go out there every week. People know Shiloh Cafe's turned up today. Those are the people who love Jesus. You know, that's what I would love to happen. Finally, last date. Listen out. We're going to do this, okay? So that's exciting. We're going to be involved. Last date, 22nd to 24th of July. That's our next festival in the summer. Book that date now, okay? It's a year in advance. We've got a year, okay? So if you're booking holidays, keep that date. I want to read you uh, Matthew 27, verse 45. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma shabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Do you know this morning the truth that Jesus hasn't just saved you from something? He hasn't just saved you to go somewhere. He saved you for something. He saved you for something. If God simply wanted to save us for us to be in heaven, then he would have sent a bus. That's what he would have done and put us all in a bus and taken us straight up there. The moment that we gave our life to Jesus. But we're here for something. We have a purpose He saved us for something. And let me say that again, because I think it's really important. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us here this morning.
each one of you have a purpose? What does that have to do in relation to the passage that I just read? What does that have to do with it? You know, everything changed the moment Jesus died on the cross, relating to your present situation right now, to the situation that you're in right now, because God has a plan to use you for you to touch people, for you to transform people, for you to change people's lives with the love of Jesus that you have discovered yourself before you go home to be with him. He has a plan and a purpose for you. The passage that we read in Matthew says that the veil was torn in two. It was torn in two, torn from top to bottom, not bottom to top, like we have to kind of work our way up, but from top to bottom. God tore that veil in two. He separated it. He invited us to come into his presence, into the Holy of Holies. He invites us into his presence. That's what God did. Torn, broken, never to be repaired for us to enter into that holy place in his presence. And I think the reason the is that this is key. When you think about your present situation right now and the plan and the purpose that he has for your life, he wants you to to bless you and for you to be a blessing to others. And that's a big mission that he's placed on us. That's huge. That's a huge task that he's given to us. He calls it the Great Commission. He doesn't call it the tiny, weeny, peeny little commission that I'm giving to you. It's the great commission. It's huge. It's massive. It's on us. Can you fathom that? We are the hope, God's hope for the world. He's given it to each one of us. It's a responsibility. And so we have access to God for his help. We can now go to that place in his presence. We can be in his presence to receive the help that we need to be all that God has called us to do. And we need to take every opportunity that we can to soak in the presence of God. We need to be looking for opportunities to soak in the presence of God. Dare I say it, we need to commit to being together on a Wednesday. We need to commit to being here, to hearing from God, to to, to just discussing things of God. What a fantastic time it was, eating together, hearing together, chatting about the things of God. You know, it's going to take a sacrifice when the fire is lit, when it's been a long day at work, when the wine is open and we're sitting there and we're thinking it's Wednesday evening. That's what we're being asked to do. That's what God's calling us to do, to be part of what he's doing here exciting things that he's doing here, to be in his presence so that we can get filled up, we get refilled up to share his love with those around us. It's a big mission. We're living in these times and we have an opportunity like we've never had before. These are historic days that we're living in. We know that people will be talking about these times for years to come and he's chosen you and he's chosen me to live in this time. We've been placed here for this time. We're being called in this time. We need a filling of the Holy Spirit to enter into God's presence so that we can experience God's presence here on earth as it is in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19 says this, God put the world square with himself through the Messiah 
giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. He's given us the task of telling everyone. We've been called and born and chosen for such a time as this. Every single one of us have been chosen for such a time as this. It is not an accident. It's not a mistake that you're here in this time, in this generation. And it is for us to let the world know that there is new life. There is transformation. There's forgiveness. There's peace when we have a relationship with God. But everything is better. Everything is transformed and everything is better. God did it all on the cross. He did it all on the cross. But the message of Jesus dying on the cross has been left to you and it's been left to me. It's been left to us to share that message. And it's such a heavy commission that we have that the moment that Jesus died on that cross, God tore that veil in two so we can have access into his presence, so that we can receive from him and be filled up again. There is no barrier. We don't have to show up on one day of the year like in the Old Testament, just turn up on one day of the year. We don't have to get caught up in all the religious rules and the traditions. We don't have to get caught up in those things. It's not an outward thing. It's an inward thing. We can run through that veil into the presence of God. We can run through it and we can say, Jesus, I need help. I need help. I need your help in my estate. I need your help in my workplace. I need your help in my family situation. I need more of you so I can share more of you with those around me. And I honestly get the sense and a stirring in my spirit that the days ahead are going to be exciting. We're on the cusp. We're literally on the cusp of something amazing. As I say it, you know, I'm excited about what God is doing. We're on the cusp and we're going to have to get rid of our rotors and our agendas. Sorry, organized people. We're going to have to get rid of them. We're going to have to sometimes shred our plans and the human limits that we want, human limits that we want to put on things to make it nice and neat. You know, we've got to finish at 12. We've got to finish at 12. No, we don't. God's moving. God's at work. People are coming to know him. People are being moved by his spirit. Well, let's just keep going because we want more of God. You know, I was going to the hairdresser at 11, um, but God's, God's just poured out his spirit in my kitchen. And I'm just lying here on the, I'm, I'm just receive it. Receive what God wants to give you. Because he's doing it because he wants you to share his love with a world, a broken, hurting world. He's going to do something incredible. And each one of us has a part to play. Every single one of us. Whether it's giving up our seat or whether it's getting on our knees getting on our knees and prayer. Whatever it is he's called you to do, wherever he's placed you, use your microphone. I've got a microphone here. I've got my little platform here. Use your microphone. Use your platform. You're somewhere where you can share God's love, where you can speak to a dying, broken world of what Jesus did on that cross 2,000 years ago, where the enemy thought he'd won, but actually he served up the perfect plan for the salvation of the world. Isn't that so exciting? Isn't that so exciting? So today, our vision is to love God. Love God with all of our hearts and all of our being and commit and make sacrifices to being in his presence. I don't know what that will look like for you. To love others. Doesn't matter their their background. 
doesn't matter if they're different from us, their gender, sexuality, whatever it is. We love them. We love everybody. Because that's what God's called us to do, to love people. And we want to serve many. We want to serve many. We want to serve those in our community who are broken, who are lost, and say, come here. This is a safe place. This is a safe place because Jesus is here. So I hope that we'll go on this journey together. I hope that we'll be together in this. I want to grow. I want to see growth. I don't think we need to add other services at this moment. I think we need to grow to a place where we're booming, where we're booming, where we're in the foyer, where we're out there. We don't, let's not be afraid. Let's see growth and let's see what God wants to do. Let's stand and we're going to pray and then ask the team to come back and we'll worship.